Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Nuclear talks getting more and more problematic with Iran. I, for one, am shocked. It's the Wall Street Journal with the story that the U.S. is moving to tighten Iranian sh- uh, sanctions. Or tighten, I should say, Iran sanctions enforcement as the nuclear talks fail. There was no value in the JCPOA, which is the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, sometimes called the Iran nuclear deal. It was put together with smoke and mirrors in the Obama days. It was based on lies. It was based on feeding information to reporters to then have them write stories that the administration would then use to prove the importance and the necessity of the JCPOA. To which Ben Rhodes referred to those reporters as gullible. They'll do anything. The abuse of media, the abuse of the press, comes from the political left, not the political right. That is the story of the history. Just ask James Rosen, who they were spying on when he was at Fox. And then went to Sinclair, and now he's at Newsmax. I think that's an interesting story. Newsmax is starting to beef up their... their, uh, their White House dealings. It's pretty interesting. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Uh, the, the phone number, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. Find everything on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, and at TonyKatz.com. So the Biden administration wants to tighten enforcement of sanctions against Iran, and this to try and pressure them to come back to the deal. Now, it's a weird way to say come back to the deal, considering it was the United States that left the deal, but the deal never should have come to be to begin with. Further, the deal should have had to have gone through a Senate vote because, to an extent, this is a treaty. But it never went through a Senate vote because then it would be a treaty and it was never going to pass a Senate vote. So what did Barack Obama do? Him with a pen and a phone and not being worried about whether or not what he's doing is, is right or fine or decent. He said, ah, it is. Figure it out. Buh bye Oh, by the way, I'm going to bankrupt the DNC on the way out the door. Bye. I'm assuming. I'm only assuming he said bye. I'm not 100% sure if that one happened. U.S. is going to send top-level delegation including uh, those from Treasury, to the UAE, which is a U.S. ally, uh, but Iran's second largest trade partner, and it's a conduit. It's, it's like in the days you would go to Switzerland to, you know, to, to get a message to the Iranians. They would act as an, as an intermediate. And that's exactly what the UAE is, is, do, is doing. But also, you got to understand, by visiting the UAE with this, they're saying, hey, Maybe you're going to do a little bit less trade with, uh, with Iran. As the story goes, the officials are going to meet with petrochemical companies and other private firms and banks in the UAE doing billions of dollars of trade with Iran. Oh, the pressure's on. The pressure's on, and the Iranians see it. And this is all pressure, i got to assume, for a win. To say, look, we've got the JCPOA back in place, and isn't that great? Oh, that Joe Biden, he is just amazing. He really has a thing with pressuring people with money. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a maneuver. Go ahead, Producer Ari. Find it. Find, uh, find the line about the Ukrainian uh, prosecutor. We've all heard it before. But it's, all, it's, it's an oldie but a goodie. 
Remember the kind of guy Joe Biden is. Joe Biden is a country club, country club thug. You know, it would have been better if I could have just said that in one fell swoop. Country club thug, that's who he is. Oh, he's taking on corn pop. And oh, yeah, you're going you're gonna to fire that prosecutor or else. That's, that's who he is. Do you happen to have that, producer Ari? I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. Tough guy. Tough guy Joe Biden right there. Oh, my gosh. You don't, you don't want to mess with Joe. Oh, no, you don't. Joe's got friends and he's got people. Look, look, you can either be a friend of Joe's or you could be something else. I don't know what it is to be something else. Me, I'm a friend of Joe's. You know, I'm just hoping Joe's a friend of mine. You know what I mean? 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 But you, you don't want to be a friend of Joe's. Hey, oh, oh, hey, oh, hey, e. It's great. There's no win for us in this. Because the recognition has to come that Iran is an enemy of decency and humanity. And we should be all about Persians taking back their rightful place. It's Im- Every time we talk about the subject, I know we bring it up, but it's so important because sometimes new people are coming in and, and maybe because you hear about Iran, uh, it, look, you're living your life. You're not necessarily studying these subjects. The people of Iran... Hate the mullahs, the hardliners, the clerics. They hate the Ayatollah. They don't want this life. They don't want any part of this. They're Persians. They want to engage in trade. They want to drink coffee. They want the damn internet to work, and they wouldn't mind some tourism dollars either. They'd be, they'd be thrilled. I want to get rid of the Ayatollah. I, I, it should be Persia again, not Iran. That's what should be happening. So it's like when talking about China, very rarely are we talking about Chinese people as much as we're talking about the communist Chinese regime. That's, it's, it, I think it's really important to make that differentiation. It's important to know that, that, that not everybody is, is, is the same and then the people who are living under the, the oppression don't necessarily want it. I assume that's the case for the people of Oregon. Because once you get outside of Portland, you got to make the assumption that everybody else doesn't want what this ridiculous governor, Kate Brown, wants. Kate Brown, who wants you wearing masks outdoors. Kate Brown, who is uh, an absolute, absolute radical. I go back to August of 2021 for this story because i don't know how i i missed this i i really i'm i'm kind of surprised for all the things i i i've hit before about oregon and and how they you know are one of these places that don't believe in honors math for example you've got this this bit of legislation that you don't have to prove you can read, write, or do math before you graduate. I had not heard of this. I had heard of plenty of the pieces of legislation that want to do away with honors 
and want to do away with advanced courses because it makes other kids feel bad. Some kids are good at math and some kids aren't. And some kids are good at basketball and some kids aren't. And no one says we shouldn't have a varsity basketball team. No one. They only care about how many championships they put in the trophy case. They only care about trophies. They only care about awards. But a kid is good at math and all of a sudden that's bigotry? If you believe that, just I mean, I want to make it as, as personal as I can. So if you don't believe this, you're okay. If you believe that someone excelling in math is bigoted, you're such a racist, you should check yourself into a facility for help. If you're angry that there are too many of those Asian kids doing well in math, you are a bigot and you should check yourself in. You're the worst. And notice I didn't say, uh, you know, question the color of your skin. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. If you think that other kids doing well in math is, isn't right or isn't fair to some certain group, so it's bigotry if you have advanced math or honors, you're amongst the worst people in the world. You shouldn't be allowed to raise children. That's how much I'm disgusted by that bigotry. But 744 was the Senate bill, and it passed back in June. It was signed into law, I think in the beginning of August, and suspends the proficiency requirement for students for three years. Why, why, why would you do that? Well, supporters of the bill, as reported, say the existing skills were an unfair challenge to students who did not test well. A spokesman for the governor said the new standard for graduation would help benefit the states, and I'm quoting here, black, Latino, Latinx, indigenous, Asian, Pacific Islander, tribal, and students of color. Governor Kate Brown and her staff are a bunch of low-rent, low-class racists. But the people of Portland have to stay. The rest of Oregon, I would say, we should welcome them with open arms. Holy crap. First, they actually think there's something called Latinx. We talked about Representative Ruben Gallego of Arizona saying this is insulting. We don't even allow this in my office. This isn't the terminology. This is what people say when they're trying to appeal to everyone to show how woke they are. But you're not woke. You're just a jerk face. The only good Charles Boyle is on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. The spokesman for the governor here? Being a jerk face. This is ugly, bigoted nonsense. It says, hey, black students, hey, Pacific Islander students, it's okay that you don't know how to do math or how to write your own name. You're a good person just the way you are. Well, you may very well be a good person just the way you are, but you can't write your name or do math, so you're not graduating. Because being a good person has absolutely nothing to do with writing your name. That has to do with being able to survive in a civil society. No, I'm not hiring you if you can't write your name. Now, if you tell me there's a specific reason why you can't write your name, we can talk. If there's a physical inability, well, maybe I could, there's something else you can do. I have a child who's dyslexic. Getting to the point where they were, were writing their name without it being just this big hot mess took a while. But there they are. Solid, awesome. Handwriting, total garbage. Oh, they tell you. They tell you. Uh, it's not the prettiest. <laughs> it's the truth. 
But we don't even check. Can't do math. Can't do math. And here's the best. You'll notice that they refer to it as the new standards. It's not a standard. It's the elimination of standards. The elimination of standards is bigotry. It's saying to people of a certain type, you aren't capable, but that's okay. We'll make it easier on you. Evil, disgusting bigotry. Bigotry. And there are people out there, oh, so good, so brave. Now we're doing right. You're not doing right. It's hate. It's absolute hate. Don't you get tired of it? You know, you know who am I asking? I, apo- I apologize. I, I, I forgot for a second. I, let me say it this way. Don't they ever get tired? And the, and the answer is they don't have time to get tired. They every day are confronted not with real life, but rather how, how do they show how good they are? And their life is based on finding the ugly, finding the injustice, and when it doesn't exist, creating it. They don't look to solve problems. They look to find problems to solve with their ideology. I mean, share that. That's, that is a great way of understanding what it is that you're dealing with when you see the progressive mind at work. We have problems. What they are looking for are problems that they can solve with their ideology to prove the ideology correct so they can go about solving the other problems that their ideology could never solve. If you talk about graduation rates, the problem that they solved was the one they created, that the idea of standards is bigoted. But they did not solve the problem of how you create a smarter society that is able to compete with China and other nations in STEM studies, in computer science, in manufacturing. They haven't done that. They did just the opposite. They, did, they, they often call it lawnmower parenting. So, so helicopter parenting is when you hover. Lawnmower parenting is when you take the obstacles out of your kid's way. And then they don't know how to deal with hardship at all. They never know. They never learn. Kids have to be able to figure out how to overcome obstacles, how to deal with hardship. Sometimes you don't make the team. Sometimes you only get a C plus. Sometimes the girl's just not that into you. It's just the way it goes. And you have to learn how to deal with all of these things. What Oregon said is, why should you have to deal with it? To deal with it, that standard is just bigoted anyway. So they create the world where we have to remove bigotry and then they find things that are bigoted, that even though they're not bigoted, but they get themselves to believe it's bigoted and look at what good work they've done. And they go home proud and they put their head on the pillow and say, tomorrow I'm going to do even more justice. Meanwhile, our kids end up schmucks. That's why the kids in Portland and the people in Portland have to stay. They have to experience the pain. I feel sorry for the kids because they didn't, they didn't ask for this. But uh, I, I, I have to cut bait. So I'm going to take all the other kids, all the other parents, all the other good people of Oregon. They deserve a better life. Portland will be a reminder of what happens when you lie to yourself. I'm Tony Katz.
So the Jesse Smollett trial is in the hands of the jury. And I th- was it yesterday where they're like, hey, we have some questions. They wanted the timeline of, of, of everything. And then the, uh, the judge, I think, sent them home for the day. So they're getting back today to work on this. Jesse Smollett, who claims he was uh, attacked in the streets of Chicago in the early morning hours and a noose put around his neck. Two white guys screaming, this is MAGA country. But he paid two guys to beat him up and to do all this. Went through a dry run with them so he could get some uh, street cred and some uh, publicity for his TV show Empire and really him and build out uh, his, his profile. And then he takes the stand in his own defense, and he didn't do this, and he didn't do that, and everybody's lying, and the prosecutor's bad, and he's basically trying to, he's playing, he's doing the shaggy defense, wasn't me. That's, that's what he's doing. But there are people who are already like, not, not only is this over, his whole career is done, it's finished, you'll never see him again. I'm not that guy. Because I have seen so many awful, terrible people um, rehabilitated that I have no reason to think uh, Jesse Smollett won't all, it, it won't be for him as, as well. But I, I want to be clear. He went on the stand and said everything you think is wrong, everything that the... the uh, prosecution has presented is a lie you're asking a lot of a jury in that really and truly um we're not in the courtroom so we don't know how certain things sound does jesse smollett sound like a man under attack to the jury or does he sound like a smug elitist who got caught with his hand in the cookie jar and thinks that if he screams racism enough or bigotry enough uh, that that people will, will look the other way. Really, 12 people will look the other way in terms of, of, of a jury. And since we know when that jury finds him guilty, we're going to be told how racist and how homophobic that jury is. Because that's exactly what we're going to be told. Well, why would I think that his career is over? I don't actually believe that. I think there are people who want to back him. There are people who, for uh, ideological reasons, absolutely want that. I hope the guy goes to jail. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Well, yes, that is just the reality of the situation. I mean, one thing that vaccinated people can feel comfortable, for example, let's take the holiday setting. You're with your family. You have grandparents and parents and children. When you get vaccinated and you have a vaccinated group and you are in an indoor setting, you can enjoy, as we have traditionally over the years, dinners and gatherings within the home with people who are vaccinated, and that's the reason why people should, if they invite people over their home, essentially ask and maybe require that people show evidence that they are vaccinated. Have a bouncer at the door checking vaccine status. Dr. Fauci's an ugly dude. 
It's ugly. I don't know what to tell you. It's obscene. It's ridiculous. Who is still paying attention to this man? And I know what you're saying, Tony. You're the one playing it. Am I not supposed to play it? This guy's still getting interview requests. Prove your vaccine status. How about this? If you are going to someone's house and they want you to prove your vaccine status, don't go. And don't go the next year or the year after that or the year after that. Don't ever go. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. There is a a piece. I forget where I, I saw it. Was it? I, I know it was, it was online, right? It wasn't TV or anything like that. I just don't remember where it was. And it was about, here, here it is. Here it is, uh, the BBC. And it was about the idea of family estrangements, why adults are cutting off their parents. So that's interesting. Is this about um, politics? Is this about, you know, people don't maybe live as close to each other anymore, and, and therefore it's like, oh, I don't need this in my life, and so they, they don't even bother with their, their parents and families fall apart. You know, I, I think that that's really interesting. But if I went to go see my parents for Thanksgiving and my parents said, before you get in, uh, before we let you in the door, uh, you have to verify to us that you've taken, you know, that you have a COVID vaccine. Um, and I, I said to you, dad, you know, I'm vaccinated, right? That, that's what you say to your dad. And your dad's like, well, you got to prove it to me. Me, I love my father. I'm turning around. Seriously? Kids were going to IHOP. And, 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 and that would be it. And there'd be some pumpkin pancakes. And we'd be like, you know what? This is pretty awesome. This right here is the new family tradition. We go to IHOP. We get the pumpkin pancakes. A little extra whipped cream because I'm naughty. And then I don't, I don't know, I don't know what you get for the for the meal. Probably have some fries though. And that's it. There's no way I am providing paperwork. That's my own father. He, you know, I I I must say that that my father would never ask if I came to see my father. Right, I'm using the total hypothetical here, and I said, Dad, it's good to see you. By the way, just so you know, uh, we're vaccinated. My father would be like, Who the f asked? He'd be mortified if I led with that. Now, look, if if you say to me, I'm I've got I'm immunocompromised and I just don't want to be around anybody who's sick, so I'm not doing it. Well, okay. That's you. That's fine. You can make that call. A ba- healthy families should have a bouncer at the door checking vaccine status like it's an ID card. That's that's crazy. That's to me diseased thinking, just backwards and lost. Just like it's backwards that schools in in Avon, right here in Indiana, they're back to requiring masks. They reinstated the mask mandate. And the question for the superintendent, Dr. Scott Windham, is why? According to the reporting from WTHR, it was made when the Indiana State Department of Health updated their COVID advisory map 
Hendricks County remained at a red advisory level for the second consecutive week. Masks do not stop COVID. (sighs) And kids survive COVID. And schools are not places of super spreader events. And there are no studies showing teachers getting COVID at a higher level than the rest of the populace. So what are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. I'm so glad you asked. You, the adults, starting with you, Dr. Scott Windham, you, the adults of Avon, have decided you're so afraid of COVID, you're going to take it out on your kids. And if that sounds accusatory or mean-spirited or offensive, then I have undersold it. I should be clear, I'm not just talking about Avon. I'm talking the nation over. The adult is afraid. And so you make your kids suffer. When the data shows, by the way, in a conclusive kind of way, the data shows that kids don't die from COVID, even though they may get Delta, they get contagious, and some could spend some time in a hospital, they're not dying in any levels of numbers from COVID. We're talking about in hundreds of percents in some cases. They are not uh, spreading COVID to some greater degree. The teachers are not getting COVID to some greater degree. All you're doing is hurting the kids because you, the adult, are a frightened child. And if you ask me, that's ugly as sin. And there are some schools that have still been doing mass mandates the whole time. Of course they're wrong. Of course they're wrong. It's ugly stuff. And I, and I, and I, and I get it. I get that it's ugly stuff. And all of this is in the backdrop of the Senate voting to repeal Biden's federal vaccine mandate for businesses. You don't have the votes. You don't have the votes. (laughs) You're going to need congressional approval and you don't have the votes. Indiana Senator Mike Braun leading the way on this one. 52 to 48 was the vote. Joe Manchin of West Virginia, John Tester of Montana, joining the Republicans on this one. All politics are local. Why should Montana, with a very spread out population, why should they be people who favor business mandates? All politics are local. Senate just has to accept that. Now, this isn't going to get past the House because it's now gone to the House for, for, for a vote. It's, not, it's just not. It's just not going to get past it. But if it, even if it did, Joe Biden would veto it. And you're not going to be able to override in the Senate. But what it, what it does is that it shows that not only were the courts thinking properly, rational people, when faced with the reality of their citizenry, they don't want this nonsense. Mandates are wrong. Convincing, persuasion, that's the name of the game. 
And the Biden people are infuriated. They are so mad that they have to waste their time doing that. They are infuriated that they should have to just, you know, convince you. Why don't you just do what you're told? You know, this goes back to the thing about schools. I was talking earlier about uh, Oregon schools and how they they got rid of standards, you know, uh, the reading standard, things like that. And producer Ari said, well, you know, I, I was doing some research on this. And it seems that what they were opposed to there was, was the standardized testing. And that the standardized testing doesn't apply well and doesn't uh, allow itself or, or, or comport itself to kids' certain uh, skill sets. And so they don't want to have to teach to the test. I can appreciate not wanting to teach to the test. Very much. But Oregon is in a long line of, of, of states and and. Uh, and really uh, ideologues who believe that the very concept of the test is bigoted. It's written by white people and it's for white students and, it's, and therefore it's racist. You get that a lot. How about the reducing of standards so schools can now accept you without an SAT score? I mean, that's been happening you know, all the time. How else did David Hogg get into Harvard? Think his SAT score mattered? No, he said the right things to the right people at the right time. Boom! You get yourself a ticket to Harvard. And remember, the only work is getting into Harvard. That's the difficult part. Staying in Harvard, the graduating, that's easy. Just say yes to anything they say. That's the easy part. Getting in is the difficult part. And if you're Asian, impossible, because they make it that way. The bigotry against Asians, massive. Huge, I tell you. But you don't have to have an SAT score to get in. You don't have to worry about proving this, that, or the other. Why should you have to take that test? It is an inc- it, I, I think they refer to it as soft bigotry, but it is bigotry. It is bigotry. It is the same bigotry as in why should you have an ID uh, to vote? Why should you have to have an ID to vote? Uh, you're, you're, you're putting a hardship on black and brown people. The hell you are. You're going to sit here and tell me that a black person can't get an ID, can't get a driver's license? Please, let me just be there when you say that to black men and black women. I just want to be there with a glass of bourbon in one hand and all the popcorn in the other. I want to see you say it. I want to see you tell a black man and a black woman that they're not smart enough to get an ID to go vote. Because it's not every day I get to sit front row to an ass kicking. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it's pretty damn entertaining. It's Joe Biden who took his ass kicking. Everywhere he has turned, he has failed on the mandates. Everywhere he has turned. Yet as we know... Jen Psaki and the White House, uh, they don't care. 
Well, the reason that we proposed uh, these uh, these uh, requirements uh, is that we know they work, uh, and we are confident in our ability uh, legally uh, to uh, make these happen across the country. Uh, as you know, uh, the federal government, the, their largest employer in the country, we have successfully implemented these requirements in a way that has not only boosted vaccinations in the federal government with more than 92 percent of people vaccinated, but also helps avoid disruptions in operations. Uh, and our implementation sends a clear message to businesses, including federal contractors, that similar measures will protect their workforce, protect their customers, and protect... Mm, you're doing it because it protects the workforce? I've made this argument that I could... If, if a private employer says you have to be vaccinated because we want to keep uh, as many people working as possible and people who are vaccinated uh, deal with, with less symptoms and therefore can recover quicker... All right, I think they're wrong for mandating it, but at least that would be, you know, some kind of, of mathematics that they could utilize. If they had told us our insurance company demands it, otherwise it's going to cost us an arm and a leg for insurance, that would be an honest conversation. We care about your safety. I didn't ask my employer to care about my safety. Now, I will say that if you work in a building and the building doesn't have security, you might be bothered by that and you might say something. And then the building, uh, your employer may offer security. But that's like, like, like physical, physical security in their space. My security, like, like, like me making decisions for my health, you, you never asked before, you never got involved before, except, wait a second, they have gotten involved before. How many of you have employers where they will uh, uh, give you something off your insurance if, if, you lo- if you lose a certain bit of weight or if you have a BMI that's a certain thing? They've done all these kinds of things before, but never before they said to you, you have to do it this way or you don't have a job. They said, do it this way and you get a little bit of a discount. Never you lose your job. Can't figure out mandates are wrong? All right, you can't figure out mandates are wrong. But mandates are as wrong as Dr. Fauci telling you to have a bouncer for Christmas. You don't need a bouncer. Just just invite myself and producer Ari over and have plenty of eggnog. Because eggnog is delicious. And I'll fight you about it. I'm Tony Katz. And I quote Bob Dole. I cannot pretend that I have not been a loyal champion of my party, but have always served my country best when I did it so first and foremost as an American. For we prioritize principles over party, humanity over personal legacy. When we do that, we accomplish far more as a nation. By leading with shared faith in each other, we become America at its best. He went on to say, a beacon of hope, a source of comfort in crisis, a shield against those who threaten freedom. Our nation has certainly faced periods of division, but at the end of the day, We've always found ways to come together. 
we can find that unity again. And the message said, end of message. Well, I assume end of message meant he should stop talking, as opposed to Bob Dole saying end of message. Uh, I think, <sighs> Bob Dole being laid to rest, the late senator uh, from Kansas, laying in state at the Capitol. Flags are being flown half-staff everywhere. State of Indiana is flying flags at half-staff uh, for, for Bob Dole. Um, I... I I think I could find many things where I disagreed with with the senator on. But disagreeing with somebody doesn't mean that there was hate or animosity. And as we have shown and discussed yesterday, and you see it on social media, man, people want to build hate into everything. It's our choice. And I choose not to. It's just, it's, it's too much work. And there's just honestly too many good times to be had and too much bourbon to drink. I'm Tony Katz. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Tomorrow, everyone.